0: Last time on Legends of a Batman.
1: Later that night, the Batman pays a visit to the house. He scales to the second floor and sneaks inside. Creeping through the house, he finds Dr. Death and Jabba working in the laboratory. The shadow of a bat is cast on the wall and a lasso snags Jabba around the neck. The Batman goes after Dr. Death, but the Bad Doctor evades him by dropping through a secret trapdoor. The Batman dives in after him and gives chase. Somehow, Dr. Death doubles back to the laboratory and grabs a vial of chemicals. Batman grabs a nearby fire extinguisher and throws it at the doctor, knocking the vial out of his hand. But as the vial crashes to the floor, it erupts into a raging inferno. Dr. Death laughs maniacally as the blaze consumes both him and the laboratory, and the Batman watches the flames with the solemn yet immortal words of death to Dr. Death. Hello everybody and welcome back to Legends of the Batman. I am Michael Bradley. And I'm Michael Kaiser. This is episode 4 and for those just joining us, the premise of this show is pretty simple. We are covering everything Batman from the beginning. Each episode we'll take a look at all Batman material from a particular month, be it comic books or serials or television or whatever, and talk about it. This month out, we will be looking at the world of Batman in July 1939, which is just one comic book, Detective Comics number 30. We are cruising through this first year pretty fast. It's yeah, unbelievable.
0: We're almost through with the with uh, the 1930s.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think it'll just get harder from here though.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming yeah. up though.
0: Can't wait. Um, but in the meantime, we uh, we've been plugging the the website since since episode one on the show, but it actually just went live as of uh, this week's recording. So, And as a result, we got our first email. All right. So I'd like to read that before we get get into uh, Detective 30. And it's from Steve Rogers, the coolest name ever. Um, And it starts out, all right, hey guys, thought I'd say this sounds like a great podcast idea to go to go along with the two Golden Age soups pods out there, as much as I love all—I'm sorry—as much as I love all the love the Man of Steel is getting out there, the Dark Knight is sorely lacking in this area. Oh, there are pods out there doing this current stuff, the Batman Universe comic podcast being a perfect example, but the adventures of Bruce Wayne in any era, in terms of a nostalgic eye, is something that needs to be done. Can't wait to hear. Well, Batman Begins. Steve.
1: All right. Well, so, My everybody's looking forward to it. I hope he's yeah been enjoying the episodes he's heard so far.
0: Yeah. Thanks for the email, Steve. Our very first email. That's right. So now we're officially legitimate.
1: We are legitimate. <laughs> we have a fan. We have so. a fan.
0: <laughs> so uh,
1: Michael and I, we, we both want to encourage any and all feedback that you guys want to give us, uh, or you know, just drop us a line to say hello, or that's right. Whatever you want to say. Uh, we're both very committed to reading emails on the air, so. Mm-hmm. We really want, really want to hear from you guys out there. Just um, There's a contact form on the website, and there's the Facebook, so just let us know.
0: Yep. Okay, so with that, we get on into our show with our uh, one issue we have to cover, which is Detective Comics number 30, and it was published or released approximately um, July 13th, 1939, again, courtesy of Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics. Uh, the cover date is August 1939 and it had a cover price of 10 cents good luck finding it for that price now um, editor again is is Vince Sullivan uh, the cover unfortunately uh, does not have Batman this month Aww. boo um, but it's by uh, Fred Gardiner, and it's it depicts a uh, two guys on a high rise looks like um, and one guy is shooting a blowtorch into another guy's face. So <laughs> I got to say, that's pretty compelling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, even, despite not having Batman, it's actually a pretty nice cover. Yeah.
1: As he falls backwards off of the, the well, high-rise sure. steel there.
0: Sure. If I got, you know, flame shot in my face, I'd fall <laughs> backwards too. Um, but no, Batman, he's back next week, though, with a pretty iconic cover. So yes. can't wait to talk about that. But in the meantime, Inside, we got uh, 10 pages again. And it's eventually called The Return of Dr. Death when it gets reprinted in the archives. But, uh, at, you know, when it was first released, it had no title. Uh, script, again, by Gardner Fox with pencils by Bob Kane and um, backgrounds by Sheldon Moldoff. And the story opens with a flashback of last week's story where Batman watches as his first arch nemesis, Dr. Death, burns to ashes In a fire that destroys his entire house. Cut to a week later, Bruce Wayne relaxing in his home, reading his paper and smoking his pipe. (laughs) Comes across a uh, news article that reads, Strange death overcomes man. Victim of queer disease turns purple. Doctors baffled. Wayne, unable to shake the idea that Dr. Death is somehow alive, decides to visit the dead man's widow, Mrs. Jones, in the guise of a reporter. Mrs. Jones explains to Bruce that before her husband was killed, he had received a threatening letter from a man named Doctor Death demanding a half million dollars, but that they did not pay because they have lost all their money in the depression. She does reveal, however, that she still has her husband's diamond collection. She's been thinking about selling because she needs the money. Um, Bruce then goes home, suits up as the Batman, um, and returns to Mrs. Jones's house that evening, breaking in and picking the lock to her safe containing the diamonds. Meanwhile, across town, a heavily bandaged Dr. Death explains to Jabba's replacement, an equally menacing-looking Cossack named Mikhail, that he escaped from Last Issue's fire by way of secret door, but that now he's desperate for funds to reestablish himself and orders Mikhail to invade Mrs. Jones's house and steal her diamond collection. Mikhail breaks into Mrs. Jones's house, only to find the diamond safe already open, courtesy of the Batman, who hid behind the curtains when he heard Mikhail approach. approach. Unfortunately, a restless Mrs. Jones stumbles upon Mikhail when she sees his flashlight, who in turn nearly kills her, but for the Batman who leaps from his hiding place to tackle the thug and then sends him flying out the window with a killer left hook. The Batman decides the only way Mikhail will lead him to his master is if he gets what he came for and plants the diamonds on Mikhail's unconscious body. He then moves Mrs. Jones, who has fainted, due to all the excitement, to her bed where he takes a moment to revive her before making a stealthy exit. Mikhail wakes up and finds the diamonds on his person and decides he must be better at his job than he thought and then proceeds to lead Batman to a diamond fence named Ivan Hurd. The Batman waits outside for Mikhail to Mikhail to leave. Is it Mikhail, Mikhail, I don't know. Um, and then follows him again, hoping the crony will eventually lead him to Dr. Death. Instead, Mikhail leads Batman to a slummy apartment building. The Batman breaks in via skylight and finds Mikhail sleeping in his room. Just for good measure, however, the Batman officially knocks him out by throwing a gas vial in Mikhail's room that he pulls from his belt. As Mikhail sleeps, the sleep of the unjust, the Batman ransacks his room looking for clues to Dr. Death's whereabouts but comes up with nothing. As he chastises himself for a poor night's work, Mikhail wakes up from his toxic slumber unexpectedly and pulls a gun on Batman who quickly leaps out an open window before he can be shot and catches his rope he left hanging when he originally broke into the building. Mikhail, never one to give up easily, decides he'll try and shoot Batman again from the window, but as he sticks his head out to find him, the Batman swings in from the side and breaks Mikhail's neck with a brutal kick to his head. The Batman then places an anonymous call to the police, informing them of Ivan Heard and his connection to the Joneses' stolen diamonds, before proceeding over to Ivan Heard's shop himself. Swinging in from the window, the Batman surprises old man Ivan, who is busy fawning over the Joneses' stolen diamonds. Panic-stricken, Ivan Heard pushes over his work table and attempts to flee. When Batman snags him with a rope, his wig comes off. As Batman pulls him closer, he realizes his skin is actually a mask. And when he rips it off, he finds a grisly burned Dr. Death underneath, who laughs maniacally and blames Batman for his hideous new visage. The Batman departs, leaving the bound form of Dr. Death for the police. When they arrive, they find a note which reads, Meet Dr. Death and his diamonds. They belong to Mrs. Jones. See that she gets them with the compliments of the Batman. The end.
1: Right off, the story opens with a major change. Yeah. Um, instead of the uh, splash panel that we've had in the past few Stories with a like a scene from the story. This time it's just giant uh, Batman's giant head, yeah, looming at the top of the page, which mm-hmm. I kind of like.
0: Yeah, and it's also uh, the last couple issues. There's been like a caption explaining who Batman is, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: now it not only explains who he is, but the caption ties into the actual story, as opposed to just kind that of being a, a standalone thing. I thought it did.
1: In the strange lives of those denizens of the hidden world of crime, the Batman, winged figure of vengeance, has become a menace.
0: And then it seems like it goes right into less than a week ago, the Batman saw, I don't know, oh, I, guess okay. I, just, yeah, I, I guess I, I just I tied it that. together. But I guess it does stand alone, too. But yeah, I the face is kind of cool, but at the same time, it's definitely a different Batman look than we've seen so far.
1: With those giant rabbit ears? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's
0: their> <laughs> They're kind of ridiculous.
1: Yes. Um, Although I think they actually get a little worse before it's over. So. Not
0: yeah, only not only big ears, count. but it seems like they went out of their way to make sure the top of his head was always blue this entire issue. I uh, didn't
1: really notice. Well, looking through
0: now, yeah. Um, whereas before it's always been black. Mm-hmm. So at least it seems like they're transitioning to to try and get more and more blue with each issue. Um, and he just seems meaner. I don't know if it's because of the long ears or or. Or maybe his nose is a little pointier, but he just seems... It,
1: it, maybe... it looks more, with the with the big ears and the, the pointy nose, it looks more like a demon mm-hmm. than, a, than a bat.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is the first time we flash back to a previous story. Uh-huh. Which is pretty And neat. then
1: we go right into Bruce Wayne reading the paper again and smoking his pipe again. And...
0: What color suit is he wearing?
1: Green. Green.
0: <laughs> and what color couch is he sitting on? Orange. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I actually went back and looked at the earliest Superman stories, and there's a lot of green and orange suits in those two. Yeah. But it's not every single one of them. So maybe, I don't.
0: Maybe DC was just getting a discount on green and orange color or
1: something. I don't know. <laughs> could be.
0: Um,
1: or they figured Batman was in blue. Well, I guess Superman wears blue too, though. So they could. But...
0: Yeah. Um, but
1: he's also wearing a red bow tie. Yeah, got a green suit and a red bow tie, Mm -hmm. just like a certain cub reporter of the Daily Planet.
0: Well, who do you think Jimmy was copying, you know, when he came Uh, up with that style?
1: True, true.
0: He's probably a huge fan of the board socialite Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Um, I kind of find it interesting, and I guess it makes sense at this point in his career that the only person who could kill a person by turning him purple must, you know, must be Doctor Death.
1: What is with that?
0: I don't know. I don't what, get that either. What is either. that about? Either some sort of strangulation maybe? I don't know. It well, the doctors
1: weird. baffled. Surely they could figure out if the guy suffocated. Yeah. Or strangled.
0: Well, like last issue he went around blowing pollen, you know, deadly pollen <laughs> in people's faces. So, he's clearly into the chemical thing. Yeah. Um instead of just shooting people. Uh so I I assume it was some sort of side effect of that, but yeah, that that was kind of weird just to throw it out there.
1: It seems kind of like a leap, though, for Bruce to think that it must be Doctor Death responsible when he, you know, he seemingly saw him die in the fire last, yeah. uh, last issue. So I don't.
0: Yeah, it kind is of, kind of a leap, especially if you were, you know, looking at today's Batman, where pretty much every one of his villains could have killed somebody by turning them purple. So, mm-hmm. um, but at this point, you know, Doctor Death was his biggest villain, maybe, and maybe, obviously, he didn't see him burned to death because he's alive so maybe he had that nagging suspicion that he should have stayed around and watched longer i don't know it's the only thing i can think of but it does it does seem like a leap once again he disguises himself with no disguise whatsoever (laughs) yeah as a reporter um i don't think he could get away with that today it seems like you know bruce Bruce wayne is a very popular figure in gotham
1: i saw you made a note about that how in today's comics how well known of a face is bruce wayne i don't know oh, okay
0: it just it i mean it just seems like um he's well known i don't know you know he's got you know he's the most eligible bachelor in gotham that kind of thing mm, okay or at least you know when he first started um in the post crisis world that kind of stuff but
1: i didn't know if he was like the public face of the wayne company or if he had little minions to do that or
0: well he has been off and on before depends on the story okay. depends on the medium so okay but i mean like right here i guess because we don't know him then we don't know how well he's known yeah. um apparently not well at all because no one recognizes him when he picks right. up when he picks up letters or poses as <laughs> or...
1: right uh, this, But he goes to Mrs. Jones's house, and these are the first two female characters that we've seen in any Batman story. Really? Yes.
0: That is true, huh?
1: Four issues in, I was wow. kind of surprised. It's all been thugs and... Mm-hmm. I never trucks, thought of
0: that. Yeah. And there's
1: been no love interests, so... Mm-hmm. Or romantic, you know.
0: Well, Mrs. Jones is pretty hot, but I don't think he's... <laughs> go for her, because her husband just died. Yeah. Um, and she's 80. But um, I do think it's kind of weird. It's like they get a they get a note saying, you better pay me or we're going to kill you. And then <laughs> her response is, well, what he didn't realize is we had no money. Oh, but we have this diamond collection.
1: <laughs> who, who collects diamonds <laughs> as a hobby? Is
0: it- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not me. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I think most people are lucky to have – one diamond, if,
0: you know... So, yeah, there's that, and then there's the fact that maybe they could have cashed in those diamonds and paid off the <laughs> money, or... I
1: Unless don't... he was just very stubborn. I'm not going to pay that crook, and...
0: Yeah. Or it, or He's maybe Dr. Fluffy. Death killed him too quickly. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, Dr. Death doesn't seem to be too bright at hanging no. out. Know? He doesn't seem to be hiring too intelligent of uh, the no. thugs, so... I, which we'll get into he, a little
0: bit. But. I think he just uses the same family for all his thugs, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Um, what's this about? That just, you're, you're right, your notes uh, pointed out that there's a scene here where, and I didn't really talk about it in the summary, but after he leaves the Jones' house, there's a whole panel dedicated to Bruce Wayne talking about how he needs to eat because it's six o'clock. Right.
1: <laughs> it's like, okay, there's money and lives at stake, and you're going to take time to eat. Yeah. But... But it's, it's Gardner Fox being very specific about what time it is. Yeah. Like when Batman suited up last issue, so I don't know. Yeah,
0: it took him 30 minutes to suit up, he said, right? Yeah.
1: So I don't know why that was, unless he's just trying to add a little bit of realism, I guess, to the story. But... Could
0: be. It was kind of interesting.
1: But still, it's, it's 6 o'clock. I think I'll eat, then return to Mrs. Jones for you know, the diamonds.
0: Batman is no Superman. He needs to eat. Yeah, I guess. So, uh um. But there we go. Speaking of suiting up, we're back to the trunk, so there's some consistency there.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, if you compare this panel to last issue, the bedroom looks pretty much the same as it did. Yeah. The trunk in relation to the window, and there's a nightstand and the, the lamp. And that's it's kind of one of those details that was usually overlooked in the, the Golden Age. I mean, if mm-hmm. you look at the Superman stories, every time they show his bedroom, it looks different. So
0: so that's cool. And he, uh, again, they take the time to talk about the things he's going to bring with him. Mhm. Um, Batman is a very always has been and even from the very beginning apparently, he's been a very uh, you know, proactive character. Right. Um he's not like Spider Man where he just I'm gonna go out tonight and, you know, swing around looking for trouble. He kinda well I mean he does that too, but kinda you know, he has to plan ahead because he's not bulletproof, he has no powers. He has right. to, he has to outthink people. So he yeah. has to be prepared.
1: Yeah, him you know, Oh, I'm going to bring gas pellets along. That's kind of a Chekhov's gun moment. But mm-hmm. still, like you True. said, it shows that Batman's suiting up. and.
0: Yeah. I mean, eventually he he becomes more like a you know your standard superhero who has his costume under his outfit at all times mm-hmm. and can change in 30 seconds or less. But this is kind of more like the movies where, you know, he's got that big rubber suit he has to put on and load up. And...
1: Right. And I kind of like that with Batman.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, I do too. It's... I do a lot. Other
1: heroes, they just kind of – they can just – change real quick but he actually has to plan ahead and prepare and yeah and so speaking so, of preparing uh, in the next panel we get a description of bruce's car as a specially built high-powered auto
0: yes i really like that yeah um
1: it's kind of the early it's not called a batmobile yet but it's the first hint that it's something more than just a yeah. standard street car
0: now it's the same color as the last three issues but is it the same car because it looks different to me a little bit
1: if you compare it back to the one in uh, Detective Comics number 27, it looks it looks longer, mm-hmm. like where the, the engine compartment, but other than that, it looks about the same.
0: Yeah, so I was just wondering if they intended for it to be a new car, or if they just don't know how to draw cars consistently.
1: <laughs> but, I'm looking in 28. Was the car... Yeah, yeah, it looked the same there as it did in 27.
0: Okay. It, it could be the same, be. or he could have a lot of red cars, because he had be. a red convertible
1: uh, right. Last issue
0: also. So, but it was nice to see that it's an actual. It's not just a car. It's actually specifically designed by him or somebody mm-hmm. to function as the Bat Car, even though they don't call it the Batmobile yet. Um,
1: so then he goes to back to Mrs. Jones's house, and we get more on the kind of his his uh, thought process as far as you know parking the car and mm-hmm.
0: they do that again.
1: The way to approach, and we get a really cool panel. Is this the first time we've seen him do the hide-behind-the-cape pose, where he draws it up, you know, by his face?
0: Yeah, I think it might be.
1: I didn't remember seeing anything like that in past issues.
0: So. Uh-huh. And the next panel after that, his cape is very, very wingy.
1: When he leaps over the wall, yeah. yeah
0: more so than, than it's ever been, I think. Um, and it happens a few more times in this issue, where it just looks, it definitely, it just seems like wings, not a cape. So mm-hmm. I think they are they keep going back and forth with the, how they want to deal with that. Um, but I then like it... Weeks, but- yeah, I like the wings too, but um, again, once again, he's—they're doing these scenes where he gets into the building via, you know, his rope and climbing to the, you know, through the top instead of, you know, just going through the front door or the first story. Right. And yeah, it's starting to feel a little repetitive to me, but. Um,
1: yeah, it, it is. But it, it, at the same time, it, it like I said, it shows his thought process and. He has to work at things rather than just walking through an open door.
0: True. And it's kind of neat that two out of the the you know four panels involving that scene are are captionless and have no dialogue, which mm-hmm. seems kind of rare in the golden age to not not fill every every moment with some sort of description. Right. They're just letting the words, the pictures do the talking, which is kind of nice.
1: The art on this page really shows that there's another hand in the pot as far as the art goes. There's mm-hmm. a lot more scratching and you know detail work and atmosphere stuff and the the backgrounds and stuff and
0: yeah yeah that that's uh, I said earlier when I started the summary is that Sheld- Sheldon Maldoff I think I pronounced his name
1: I think that's it yes
0: um, did the background work on this and I got that from comics.org but of course they don't source where they get that so yeah, I don't I don't know if they someone just knows how to spot that sort of thing or. Or what? That's the only place I could find that actually said that, too. Um, so whether it's true or not, I don't know, but you're right. There's definitely something different about the art, this issue.
1: But it, it does a good job of setting the kind of the mood and tone uh-huh. of the darker mystery-based oh. stories rather than yeah. action stuff that we see other places.
0: Because so I think I complained in, uh, in Detective uh, 28 that the nighttime seemed like it was just bright as day. Right, um but now this actually looks like night again mm-hmm. so that's much better, and it looks like it's because of a lot of you know cross hatching on the inking side of things just to make it seem darker,
1: yeah, and the reprint that really gets kind of muddied up at least the chronicles reprint, oh really, it's unfortunate because yeah, it's just uh by the time they process the page to be able to reprint them it it kind of gets muddied but but on the original scan that I was looking at it looks really nice
0: mm-hmm um so back to plot though uh i think i you agree i think i read it your notes that you agree here what the heck is he getting into the diamonds for i don't understand that
1: i don't know and and how does he have a combination to the safe
0: yeah the,
1: i think you in your synopsis you said he picked the lock but he's it, clearly dialing the combination
0: that's true i just was kind of shorthanding it so not yeah. to go too much into it but yeah his dialogue is well here it is now let's see 13 24 5 so how did he know that
1: I have no idea.
0: Unless Mrs. Jones told him or something. But that'd be stupid.
1: Yeah, just to tell a guy that says he's a reporter. Yeah, that's...
0: So either that or he's got his ear to the wall and, and those big bad ears are super <laughs> – have super hearing or something. <laughs> uh, um, but even even still, regardless of how he's breaking in, why is he breaking in? I don't understand what the point of taking the diamonds out was.
1: Yeah, I don't know if – unless it was one of those um, plots like last uh, – was it last issue where yeah. he steals the diamonds to you know make the police think he's guilty so that the criminals will keep committing crimes
0: oh that was in 28 yeah
1: two oh, issues yeah. ago okay,
0: okay. Um, but yeah that's that's what it seems like but initially he was coming over here to, to guard the diamonds i thought so it seems like exposing them <laughs> is a bad idea but
1: i'll guard them in my pocket
0: walk yeah. out the door yeah exactly <laughs> So then we cut to uh Batman's first reoccurring character, officially. Mm-hmm. Doctor Death, poor guy all wrapped Who is
1: amazingly bandages. in good health for getting you know Yeah. As we we don't really see how bad his injuries are here, but at the end of the story it it's only been a week since uh-huh. their last encounter, so it's yeah. I don't I'm not really sure what kind of injuries he had and how that healed so quickly.
0: Well, at the very least he had third degree burns. Right. So you would think you're not getting out of bed over that in less than a week. But yeah. maybe, since he's Mr. Chemical Guy, he, he concocted something that gets him healing through the pain potion. or something. Obviously not a healing potion because <laughs> the guy's jacked up. But Well, yeah. Um, um. He's all bandaged up in these first two panels, but eventually he gets revealed. Um, he looks a lot like uh, – he, he reminded me of, of Hush, actually.
1: I had a note about that he looked like the Invisible Man. From that, that's, the Claude Rains movie.
0: That probably makes more sense since which, this is 1939.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Kane is clearly drawing inspiration from uh, those types of movies. And by inspiration, I mean, he's totally ripping them off. Yeah. But, um... Yeah.
0: And he's still smoking his... He's still a very, uh, you know, genteel guy. He's smoking his cigarette with a cigarette holder. Uh-huh. And he still looks kind of pointy, even though his face is all bandaged <laughs> up. Um,
1: I like that... uh Doctor Death kinda made a mistake though about the diamonds. Mm-hmm. Because it shows that he it's not a story where the, the villain clearly has the upper hand all the way to the end where he makes some stupid mistake and you know, the hero catches it. I mean it kinda no. is because he still you know
0: Yeah, he like uh he he demanded a ransom from a couple who's broke, so that's it's right. pretty right. funny. And then he thought after after he only after he kills them i guess he discovers that they have a diamond collection somehow uh but then he has a new henchman which i thought was kind of cool because it does look very much like his old henchman except uh not fat anymore now he's <laughs> super buff but they he's have buff, like the same yeah. head um and they're both i guess cossacks cossacks
1: i didn't know what a a cossack was so i had to look that up
0: i have so, no idea either
1: um Wikipedia says Cossacks are a group of predominantly Eastern Slavic people originally or who originally were members of military communities in the Ukraine and southern Russia, inhabiting sparsely populated and sparsely populated areas and islands in the lower Dnieper and Don basins, who played an important role in the historical development of those nations. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> and
0: they uh, worked for Doctor Death. Um... And. <laughs> We should go edit that on
1: Wikipedia. And they worked for Doctor
0: That'd be funny. <laughs> we could put, like, pictures of Mikhail and Jabba. <laughs> Examples of Cossacks. <laughs> <laughs> Note the authentic um. hoop earrings. <laughs> um, um. Mikhail, uh, or Mikhail... Shows up at the Joneses' house, and my first question is: Was he intending to uh, pick that safe himself, or
1: apparently, uh-huh. or just ransack the place till he found them? If he didn't realize,
0: oh, that's true.
1: They were, of course. When he gets inside, he says, "Safe's open," so maybe he did know they were in the yeah. safe.
0: Don't you think he should have been like, "Hey, wait a minute, why is the safe open?" But
1: yes, yeah, it's this <gasps> is our first clue that Mikhail is not uh, not too bright because no. I think he would have known something, but.
0: And he's like, hey, that, that lady has, like, pointy-eared curtains over there. That's fine. <laughs> you
1: know, henchmen aren't usually hired for their independent thinking skills, though. No. So.
0: Um, so.
1: But also in this scene, Batman just hides behind the curtain, which
0: yeah. is
1: very much a device out of an episode of Scooby-Doo. So.
0: Yeah, I don't have any curtains in my house that someone could hide behind. Me either. Not to that level, Um, without their feet sticking out. But, uh... <laughs> But at least he's being sneaky. That's like a Batman element. Yeah. Um. And then once again, he, you know, Batman takes out the bad guy relatively easily. Um, one tackle and then one punch, and the guy's.
1: Oh, you're on page five. Yeah. Okay.
0: Did you? I'm sorry. Did I go too fast? I I didn't. No, have you're anything fine. Else To I, say I, on four.
1: No, you just jumped ahead on me there. And I
0: okay. Was, was confused.
1: Um. Yeah. Actually, so actually, I was gonna comment that. Okay. On, on the bottom of page four, you know, when Mrs. Jones walks down the downstairs, she could have just turned the light on, but she's got the lamp with the candlelight, which, again, gives more atmosphere of kind of the mm-hmm. old scary movies. and
0: Yeah. It also lets her see the flashlight easier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that Mikhail is, like, the least stealthiest henchman ever because Batman hears him coming, hides behind the curtain, and then she sees him, like, stumbling around with her flashlight, with his yeah. flashlight. And jumps on him. Um, but I like the scene where he pulls the gun on her and then immediately, you know, Batman just comes out of nowhere and knocks him to the ground.
1: Clubbers him. Mm-hmm. knocking him out the window.
0: Yeah, punches him out the window. That's pretty cool. I'm not sure about the idea of uh, Batman planting the diamonds on him so that he'll lead him to Dr. Death. You'd think he'd have to go back to Dr. Death one way or the other, but... Um,
1: well, he seems to use this plan a lot, you know, make the villain think they got away with it and then yeah. lead me to the villain. So
0: it's not his diamonds, what does he care, right? <laughs> right.
1: Um, but
0: I am very I am very um enamored with these two panels where he takes the time to help Mrs. Jones before he just takes off.
1: Yeah, it it's very uh I think it's the
0: first time we've seen him actually, you know taking care of, a, of yeah. a
1: victim. Yeah.
0: Right to care about innocent people in, the, in these games that he plays with, people, with you know, bad guys. But – uh, uh that, and that's what Batman should be about, you know, not just about, you know, putting on the hurt, but making sure that people are okay too. So yeah. it was but neat do to you see think that. He,
1: do you think he left before she regained consciousness or just stayed there and scared her again when she woke up?
0: <laughs> well <laughs> – it said he picks her up and says a damp rag will revive her, and then it shows him putting a damp rag on her, but then it doesn't really show her wake up, so maybe right maybe he took off right before he takes off in that with that panel that is bo-
1: swiped from the yeah. cover of last issue yeah
0: <laughs> exactly, and that will be shown again and again and again and again,
1: uh-huh, in just this issue, thankfully <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I mean it's a cool pose, but Jesus, maybe he should you know try something different,
1: uh. Kane has three or four poses, cool poses for Batman, and he yeah. just keeps using them.
0: And you know it's sad he probably got that pose from somebody else, but I guess we'll never prove that. So. <laughs> um,
1: well, it's pretty much like the one on Detective Detective Comics number 27.
0: That's true. It's
1: which, only with his legs straight out and there's nobody in his arm. But
0: and people theorize that that one came from a, a Flash Gordon
1: mm-hmm. strip.
0: So, yeah. Anyway, um, then Mikhail wakes up and decides that he's a genius for holding on to the diamonds.
1: <laughs> yeah, states states evidence number two that Mikhail is not too bright because no. he didn't even have the diamonds in the bag when he was knocked out the window. So
0: Yeah. Um, and then leaves Batman right to the fence, mm-hmm. or the quote-unquote fence.
1: With Batman riding his bumper the whole way.
0: Yeah, in his souped-up red car.
1: <laughs> yeah. But Batman seems familiar with Heard the Fence here, which doesn't yeah. really make sense with the end of the story that reveals that Dr. Death was Heard.
0: He does. I'm unless, not sh- Unless unless he's s- just reading the door.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess you could read it that way too, but
0: but it does seem like he's saying like Ivan Heard's, eh? Like he's right. been there before. Right. Um so Dr.
1: Death just doesn't seem like the type of guy to plan ahead. No. On that type of thing, you know.
0: So are, you're thinking maybe Doctor Death uh, killed the real Ivan Hurd and took his place or something?
1: Oh, that's a good. That's a good.
0: I didn't think about that. Maybe just that's to establish it. himself. Yeah. Um, but then as when um, I keep wanting to call him Jabba when Mikhail leaves. There's this panel that looks exactly like the panel of last issue where Jabba was strolling around the
1: uh-huh. the, uh,
0: the city looking for his victim.
1: Only with Batman just kind of peeking around the corner watching him
0: yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny um, and then we get more uh, you know Batman scaling buildings so this is twice in one issue where he's scaling
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're going out but they did that last issue too it's like they really like this this rope thing that he does um, but then when he leaps in through the skylight his capes look looks like uh, very much like wings again. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering if they're intending us to think that they somehow let him glide or slow his fall, maybe? Or
1: Oh, I bet you that – yeah, that would be a good idea.
0: I mean, it seems like every time he drops, they turn into wings, so uh-huh. that could have been their intention. So Batman gets inside uh, what I think is just Mikhail's apartment, but I guess it could be – you know, Doctor Death's place too. I don't. We never really find out, but Mikhail's just sleeping, so I assume that's his bed.
1: Yeah, I I think I had that it was Doctor Death's place in <laughs> in my notes, but reading it again after that, i I'm, it's probably just some place that Mikhail was staying.
0: And he could be staying at Doctor Death's place. Who knows? But oh,
1: could be too. Yeah.
0: Um. So then the Batman comes across him sleeping and decides to to use one of his vials because you know why load it if you're not going to use it right and uh i just think it's funny that mikhail wakes up starts exclaiming (laughs) you know i'm choking i'm choking it's like dude if you could say i'm choking you're not choking
1: not choking yeah (laughs)
0: um but i just thought that was funny and
1: um, uh then batman looks through the uh the drawers rifles through his belongings and comes up empty ah, i like that yeah because again that's, it's Fox showing Batman having to work to solve the case rather than Yeah.
0: So now not only is is Dr. Death failing in this issue by uh you know ransoming or you know threatening a a person with no money, but now Doc, now Batman is is not getting anywhere either. So that was kind of interesting. Um and not only is he not getting anywhere, but he mis mis uh oh, what's the word I'm miscalculates uh how long Mikhail's going to be asleep with his – yeah over his uh, gas
1: because he picks up. Is it Mikhail or Mikhail? Have we decided I have no idea. That? Okay.
0: Let's call him Mikhail. That sounds better. Okay.
1: okay. So then Batman jumps out the window and conveniently grabs his rope, which he left there. So And it's a good so, thing that the room wasn't on the other side of the building.
0: Yeah. It's a good thing there was an open window. Right. And you kind of kind of wonder if uh, kind of got to wonder how, how well that vial of gas worked with an open window, but
1: <laughs> well maybe that's why Mikhail woke up sooner than Batman was
0: expected Oh uh, yeah, see in, the, in, the, in you know nowadays he probably would have either rifled through M- Mikhail's things while he was sleeping and not woke him up because he's got those kind of mad skills mm-hmm. or he would have had a gas mask or something you know to just get in there right away instead of having to wait for everything to clear out.
1: Uh, oh, one thing we overlooked when he was looking – somewhere his boots or his um, costume is miscolored. Where was that at? Oh, really? Oh, that was way back when he was taking care of Mrs. Jones. Okay, never mind.
0: What's the – what happened to it?
1: Um, His belt is blue and yellow instead of just oh, all yellow. Really? Page – page uh, five. When he's putting the rag on her head. Oh, the buckle and the the vials are blue, and then the belt itself is yellow, rather than the whole thing being yellow.
0: Mm. How funny.
1: In the reprint, they've colored it right, but in the original. Um,
0: you, think if,
1: you think if they're going to recolor things in the reprint, they could at least make someone wear a blue suit once in a while. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah why not, right?
1: Um, anyway.
0: But th- just to talk about this, how he jumps out the window and catches his rope, this is like the third second or third time he's done that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's kind of like a a thing with him where he uses the rope to climb up the building but then he leaves it there in case of a you know need for a quick getaway yeah um so that's that's another one of those ideas that he's you know he thinks ahead and he's proactive and um so it's kind of neat that they keep doing that over and over again i'm surprised it works that well but um
1: so then we have death number five
0: Yep, the best one yet, in my opinion.
1: With a, uh, <laughs> that's rather black. Um, w- with a uh, vicious snap. Oh, yeah. Sound effect. Uh, that, but this, um,
0: and he's in that same pose that we were just...
1: He's in that same pose again.
0: Just talking about...
1: But this this convinces me, his, the dialogue there in the last panel convinces me that he did intend on killing Jabba. Yeah. Last issue. and. Yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not convinced that he intended to kill Dr. Death, but I, I don't think he intended not to either, so...
0: Well, he certainly didn't go out of his way to save him. No. And uh, he could have. I mean, nowadays, if someone was on fire, Batman would try and put him out and right. get out. And he just sat there saying, death to Dr. Death, so... <laughs> I mean... But yeah, for those not reading along, the last panel, Batman says, after he kills uh, Mikhail, he says, First Jabba, now you. So
1: and yet Dr. Death lives on.
0: Right. So it sounds like he was definitely trying to kill him with that rope snap last issue. Mm
1: -hmm. So on page nine, where is Batman going in that first panel?
0: Uh, Is that supposed to be a phone booth or something? I don't know.
1: That's awful big for a phone booth. It it
0: really is, but I couldn't think of anything else. I mean, a diner? Yeah. (laughs) Does he just walk into a diner? I got (laughs) to use the phone.
1: (laughs) This is where we insert the clip from that McDonald's commercial where he says, I'll get drive-thru. Yeah. From, what was it, Batman Forever, I think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, and all those OnStar commercials seem to have that kind of stuff, too. Yeah.
0: Um, But there he goes. He's uh, leaving tips to the police again, uh, which is kind of his M.O. now. Yeah. He gets close to finishing the case, and then he he starts calling the police.
1: A Uh, little quick, though, because he doesn't even know – you know, he's, he's going to confront Hurd, mm-hmm. but what if Hurd wasn't there?
0: You yeah, know? yeah. Or what if Hurd uh, didn't have anything to do with it or, you know, wasn't right. wasn't what he thought he was. I mean, he kind of just assumes that he was the, you know, the, uh, what did he call him? Fence? Yeah, the fence. Maybe he had, you know, maybe he just owed Mikhail money. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so
1: then... Batman swings in the window with that same pose again.
0: Mm-hmm. But right before all that happens, and they do take three panels to explain to you how he ties the rope to the chimney and swings across. Um, but I, again, like that they took the time to take a, a panel and just have him like a mysterious figure on the rooftop right before he's going to go invade uh herd's house. I think that's just uh, yeah. cool pacing. They did that last issue, too, a couple times. It's like just setting setting up the drama.
1: And uh, They had plenty of time to do it in this story too, because he does a lot of swinging around.
0: Yeah. In,
1: in, in the story, so. Yeah,
0: so he s- swings into Ivan Hurd's house, but it turns out um, Geppetto's there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought he looked like Willy Lumpkin too, but that's oh, a- the,
1: is that the mailman from?
0: Yeah, Fantastic okay, Four. Okay, Fantastic Four. <laughs> that's a Marvel reference. Sorry, everybody, but. Um, I
1: like I like Geppetto.
0: But he, it's kind of an interesting drawing of his, you know, of his face. I'm not sure on it page ten. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a cane drawing. I don't know. It's too no, it's too comical. Not. Yeah. It almost seems more like a you know, Joe Schuster kind of, <laughs> you know, because he was good at those, you know, comical moments. But yeah. Um.
1: Maybe that was a Moldoff. It could be Moldoff panel. Yeah. The others.
0: Um, it's interesting that uh, he he intentionally says in the la- in the page before this that he's gonna um, leave the the rope hanging in case he has to make an exit, mm-hmm. uh, which we just talked about. But then here, uh, um, um, Geppetto, what the hell is real? Um, <laughs> I Ivan Hurd, yeah, theoretically pushes over the table and, and tries to make a run for it, and it says that Batman brings forth another rope.
1: He buys in bulk.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: bat ropes in bulk.
0: So I guess he can't stuff him in his belt. I don't know. Maybe that's why they keep saying – going out of their way to saying it's a silk rope because they want us to believe that you can make it real tight or make something. Make it real tiny, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finally Dr. Death is revealed, and he looks pretty gross.
1: In a very Scooby-Doo ending. Yeah. <sighs> they just pull the mask off. Oh, it's Dr. Death.
0: And I would have okay. got away with it if it wasn't All for right. you, pointy eared bastard. <laughs>
1: But what exactly happened to Doctor Death in the I, fire? Did his I, face just melt off, or because he's, he's green here in this last panel? I don't. Or he brown. Sorry.
0: Yeah, he doesn't look like you know he has burns. It looks like his he just has no flesh.
1: Right, but yet he still has his beard and mustache,
0: <laughs> which you think so, would have been the first to go. Right. And he has his hair too. Yes. Um, it's like he just has no nose or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense.
1: He looks like the Red Skull with facial hair.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, a tan.
1: Marvel reference.
0: Right. How about the Black Skull? Does that work? <laughs> or the Black Mask or whatever that guy's name is.
1: Oh, Black Mask, okay. Yeah. That's a better, that's a Batman reference for you.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make, it like we said before, this is supposed to be, you know, almost a week later. And here's this guy with no skin on his face. He's just walking around, no problem. So... I don't know. They don't really go into it, and they never will, so I guess yeah. nothing we can do about it. Uh, once again, though, Batman leaves a note.
1: Very courteous of him.
0: And puts a little Batman drawing on it.
1: Mm-hmm. But he it, signs it this time, too. The Batman.
0: You just picture him like sitting there, <laughs> got to get this bat right, you know, erasing.
1: <laughs> got to watch the penmanship.
0: Huh? Um, but if this was the Gotham City we know and love today, this cop would have just pocketed the jewelry and then... And oh, then, yeah. And then, Shot
1: Dr. Death in the head. And, yeah. and,
0: then, and then, then brought the him And then Batman. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty nice. Of, you know, pretty uh, trusting of Batman just to leave all that there. Yeah.
1: Did you notice, though, he also tidied up the apartment by setting the table back up and the chair.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks closing like Closing the window behind him. And
1: yeah. It's very polite.
0: Yeah, he could have at very least gave the jewels back himself. But, <sighs> yeah, whatever. He has better things to do. Uh, but all in all, I like this story.
1: It was goofy. It was a little uh, no, goofy. I think this is probably the weakest one yet. Yeah. It started yeah, I mean it started out on a hunch that has no logical reasoning behind it and then Yeah. it a lot of batman swinging from the rooftops and then a, yeah. a Scooby Doo ending. So
0: Yeah. Well, at least there was no uh, moment where he's just driving around and he comes across the bad guy. Right. Um but you're right. It is kind of That was my one major complaint is it did seem a little repetitive.
1: Although there kind of was because he just happened to be at Mrs. Jones's when Mikhail showed up. So,
0: Yeah, that's that's the part that makes kind of no sense is he, he's worried for her diamonds, so he goes to guard them. But really, he goes there to take them. But right. as, as he's taking them, someone else comes to take them. I don't know. It's hard to wrap the head around. But
1: Now, you had a note about the writing on this. Uh, and how Gardner Fox got involved. did you want to share that? Oh, well uh.
0: like I said uh, already I thought the art looked different than it has lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to find out you know why that was and I know of a site called Who Drew Batman, um, which is I think is a spin-off of what the original site was Who Drew Superman. Um, and I'm not sure what the URL is. We'll link it on the show notes or you could just google it. it's
1: it's in the uh, side rail of the site.
0: Or that, too, yeah. We've already linked it. Um, But anyway, I was looking for any references to Detective 30, and I found one, but unfortunately it wasn't about the artwork. It was about um, the writing, and what it said was that um, DC had no idea of Bill Finger's involvement, which makes sense because Bill Finger was kind of a ghostwriter for you know, Bob Kane Studios.
1: Bob Kane took credit for everything, yeah.
0: And Bob Kane took credit for everything, so they they assigned Gardner Fox themselves to write you know, this last issue and this issue that we're talking about right now. And, um, it wasn't until after Gardner Fox left, I think he writes six, six issues total, um, or six stories rather. And, uh, but after he leaves, then Kane fesses up that, you know, Finger did the first couple. And so then DC officially hire, hires, a uh, Finger to take over. Hmm. But I was just kind of curious, that's all it says on the site, but I was wondering what, what prompted DC to decide to hire, garter fox to write in the first place um did they think the first two issues weren't that good and they could do better or or were they worried that bob was going to get overworked or something or
1: i don't know that the overworked thing sounds possible
0: yeah Um, i mean i didn't find any answers to those questions so i'm just posing them and someone else can write it and tell me maybe but uh i just thought that was interesting more more of those more of the the same history of you know Bob Kane having all these side creators that no one knew about and only after the fact are we trying to piece together who did what Right. Um, but at least it was nice that eventually DC recognized Finger and, and gave him an actual paycheck So.
1: yeah oh yeah since he gets no actual credit for anything
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean they, they credit him with, uh, with the writing and stuff and the reprints but as far as uh, creation. Well, creation by yeah it, it just says Bob Kane which is really unfortunate I think
0: mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the legal, you know, what, what I know that Bob Kane rigged it so that he always had to have credit. That was one of the ways that they bought him out, but I don't know if that means they can't put finger on there
1: or what. It could be, uh, depending on, depending on what the contract said, you know.
0: Right. So anyway, um, speaking of millionaires, uh, if you're not one, you can find this story, and it was reprinted in, Batman Archives Volume 1 in 1990, and Batman Chronicles Volume 1 in 2005, just like last issue. You are cordially invited to attend a podcast that observes the unfolding events of history. Come with me and observe the birth and growth of a legend from the pages of a 10-cent pulp comic book to the newspapers, radio program adventures,
1: theatrical films, and more. Witness the dawn of the superhero.
0: Superman available on iTunes and at superman.lipson.com. Every legend has a beginning. Normally, at this point, I would go into the other stories of detective comics, but we've been kind of toying with the idea of uh, maybe slimming that down a bit because it seems like all these um, summaries of of these other stories you know larry Steele and and saunders and and uh you know uh
1: cosmo the Phantom, of cosmo disguise. Of the Phantom of disguise.
0: Of disguise, right they all kind of sound the same after a while and you know none of them are really related to batman other than that you
1: forgot buck marshall again
0: and buck marshall
1: we're gonna get oh, letters from oh the buck God. marshall fans
0: we're gonna no, get a, a lawsuit um so anyway, I think what I'm going to do instead is just tell you what other characters were featured in this and leave it at that. If you really need to know what's happening with them, I guess you could just read it yourself. Uh, because really, it's not a Batman related. Um, and it's a Batman podcast. And pretty soon, we're going to be having so much Batman to talk about that we're not going to have any room for these other guys anyway. Right. Um, so with that said, uh, the other stories in this book, there is a one-page crime never pays feature again by terry gilkison there's a uh, one-page humor strip called oscar the gumshoe by bob kane there's a six-page buck marshall feature for all you buck marshall fans he's back it's called finger of doom and it's by homer fleming and we got a bart regan six pages called the dictator of the united states and it's by jerry siegel and mart bailey and then we have another six pages uh, for Larry Steele, who just showed up last issue, and he's still in this one, and it's called The Old Man and the Kidnappers, and it's by William Eli. And we have a two-page text piece by Frank Thomas. Another six pages um, by Fred Gardiner, featuring Speed Saunders, called The Crossbow Mysteries. Uh I-
1: that story starts out with a guy with an arrow oh. sticking right out of his forehead.
0: Yeah, I was just going to yes. say that that story is full of gruesome. Mm. Uh,
1: Definitely pre code, pre comics yeah. code.
0: Yeah. Crossbow in the head, and then some butler later gets shot up multiple times. Mm. Um, so that one was kind of fun. Uh, six page Bruce Nelson story called The T Racketeers by Tom Hickey. And speaking of Golden Age and. Uh, Uh, Comics Code, this is uh, another story full of uh, Chinese stereotypes. Um, Flat out, just yellow skin, through and through. Uh, It's kind of hard to read, but anyway. And then we have Cosmo again, because he never goes away. Six pages.
1: Did he wear a disguise this
0: time? I don't think he did. And it's called the Imperial Insurance Swindle. I really don't get why he's the Phantom of Disguise if he never wears a disguise. Yeah,
1: if any of you listeners out there are familiar with this character and, and can tell us why he... Never wears a disguise, but yet is called the Phantom of Disguise. Send us an email to podcast at Batman Legends because I'm kind of curious.
0: He dressed up in number twenty-seven.
1: Oh, did he? Okay,
0: but that's the last time. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense if that's your if that's your tagline. That you that's
1: your stick, yeah.
0: Every story you should be dressing up, but whatever. Anyway, that's by Sven Elvin again, and then we have Slam Bradley. Thirteen pages, still the dominant um, character in these detective issues although he shows up last so i don't know if that means he's dominant or not but he gets the most pages and it's by jerry siegel and joe schuster like i've said the last couple times this these stories open with slam punching people and this time he's actually punching two people so
1: wow.
0: they're, they're really up in the ante here doubling that, the money he's punching two people with one punch so that's pretty cool <laughs> and so that's it that was much much uh less painful i think but, you know, if you guys really hate the fact that I didn't summarize all those and, you know, write in and if we get enough angry letters, maybe we'll put it back in. But somehow I doubt you guys care.
1: Yeah, except for the Buck Marshall fans.
0: Except yeah. for the Buck Marshall fans.
1: Other books on the stand in July 1939 were, if we hop on over to Mike's Amazing World of uh, DC Comics at Uh there was Movie Comics number no. 5. That had uh, an adaptation of The Man in the Iron Mask, as well as a movie called Five Came Back that starred uh, Chester Morris and Lucille Ball, as well as Kent Taylor, who allegedly served as part of the inspiration for Clark Kent's name. Really? Strip. So, yes, hmm. allegedly Clark Gable and Kent Taylor. Huh. Uh, Never
0: single. heard of Kent Taylor.
1: He was uh, an actor back then. Yeah. So.
0: I've heard of Clark Gable.
1: And there was More Fun Comics number 46 and Adventure Comics number 41, and that comic has the last Federal Men's story drawn by Joe Shuster. Uh, Wayne Boring takes over next – I said next episode, next issue. (laughs) And there was All-American Comics number 6 from All-American Publications. No Action Comics this month because it came out twice last month. And let's see. Elsewhere, um, from other companies, there was Mystery Men Comics number one from Fox Publications, which mm. had the very first appearance of the Blue Beetle. Oh. Uh, the Dan Garrett Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the Ted Cord no. version, but
0: who inspired Ted Cord. Yes. Yeah.
1: And it's believed that Will Eisner actually may have scripted some of those early Blue Beetle stories too.
0: Really? So. Yeah. Huh. Cool.
1: And there's one other thing it's not comics related but I know you're a big baseball guy so do you <laughs> yep. know what happened July 1939?
0: Oh, of course Is baseball not. baseball related. No. You,
1: what? You're not you're not a Yankees fan though, are you? No. All right. Lou Gehrig gave his farewell speech.
0: Oh, okay.
1: To, Today I consider myself the luckiest man. Really? Yeah. Okay. July
0: 4th,
1: 1939, at Yankee Stadium.
0: The uh uh now the name of the movie's drawn a blank, but uh
1: Pride of the Yankees? Yes,
0: Pride of the Yankees. With, right. Uh,
1: Gary Cooper. Mm
0: hmm. Okay, so I think that wraps it up. Yep. All right, so you can find all the information you need about this podcast from our website at batmanlegends.com. There you'll find a list of all our episodes and the show notes that go with them, where we provide images and links we talk about in each episode.
1: We also have some bonus stuff in those show notes from time to time that. Yep we don't get in the episodes so
0: right um and you can even play the episode directly off the website um there's also a link to the rss feed and a link to the show's itunes page which is officially up as of this recording woohoo so all you iTunes lovers out there be sure to subscribe and uh, leave us comments if you want um we really appreciate that and there's also on the site a link to our facebook and twitter pages which is another way you can keep up with new show releases or any special announcements we may have. Um, and on the site, we have a handy-dandy contact form, and we'd love to hear from you, so please use it. Or if you hate forms, you can email us email us directly at podcast at com. Um, and also, we just recently partnered with a website called Batman Yesterday, Today, and Beyond, so it's kind of like a... Uh, an alternate way of getting our show. You can follow them and they'll, they'll be announcing, um, show releases as well. So it's Batman YTB.com, And it's a fan site for Batman comics, toys, figures, news, and more. They pretty much cover everything. And it's, uh, we're really happy to be involved with them. So yes, very much. And you can actually find a link for their site on BatmanLegends.com as well in the sidebar. Um, and last but not least, um, you'll find a link to, mike's other podcast not about batman called the thrilling adventures of superman where he covers superman's adventures from day one so be sure to click that link and check it out or you can visit the site directly by going to GreatKrypton.com. thanks for listening next week we'll be covering detective comics number 31 so everyone do your homework and follow along uh, see you next week see ya batman created by bob kane and bill finger copyright dc comics